Corner Incorporated. Months earlier, he had relinquished his corner office on Columbus Circle to tend to the Tuscan vineyard that friends said was the favorite of his residences. The woman who stole the show was Valerie Jarrett, one of Obama's best friends and most trusted advisors. A powerful figure in the Chicago business community, Jarrett was unknown in Washington until Obama made his out-of-nowhere run to capture the Democratic nomination and then the presidency. Suddenly, she was the most talked-about and sought-after woman in town. Everyone understood that she would be sitting on the motherlode of the capital's rarest and most precious asset, access to the President of the United States. Others sliding up to the buffet included Eric Holder, soon to be nominated as the nation's first black attorney general, and his wife, Sharon Malone, a prominent obstetrician. Deborah Lee, the longtime chief of black entertainment television and one of the most powerful women in the entertainment industry. Franklin Raines, the former CEO of Fannie Mae, a central and controversial figure in the financial crisis that had begun to roll markets around the globe. And cable news regulars, Donna Brazile and Soledad O'Brien from CNN, Juan Williams from Fox News Channel, and, well, me from NSNBC. All of us having talked so much during the long campaign that we were sick of hearing our own voices. The glittering scene wasn't at all what most people have in mind when they talk about black America, which is one reason why so much of what people say about black America makes so little sense. The fact is that asking what something called black America thinks, feels, or wants makes as much sense as commissioning a new Gallup poll of the Ottoman Empire. Black America, as we knew it, is history. There was a time when there were agreed-upon black leaders, when there was a clear black agenda, when we could talk confidently about the state of black America, but not anymore. Not after decades of desegregation, affirmative action, and urban decay. Not after globalization decimated the working class and trickle-down economics sorted the nation into winners and losers. Not after the biggest wave of black immigration from Africa and the Caribbean since slavery not after most people cease to notice, much less care, when a black man and a white woman walk down the street hand in hand. These are among the forces and trends that have had the unintended consequence of tearing black America to pieces. Ever wonder why black elected officials spend so much time talking about purely symbolic issues, like an official apology for slavery? Or why they never miss the chance to denounce a racist outburst from a rehab-bound celebrity? It's because symbolism, history, and old-fashioned racism are about the only things they can be sure their African-American constituents still have in common. Barack Obama's stunning election as the first African-American president seemed to come out of nowhere, but it was the result of a transformation that has been unfolding for decades. With implications both hopeful and dispiriting, black America has undergone a process of disintegration. Disintegration isn't something black America likes to talk about, but it's right there, documented in census data, economic reports, housing patterns, and a wealth of other evidence just begging for honest analysis. And it's right there in our daily lives, if we allow ourselves to notice. Instead of one black America, now there are four. A mainstream middle-class majority with a full ownership stake in American society. A large, 
abandoned minority with less hope of escaping poverty and dysfunction than at any time since Reconstruction's crushing in. A small transcendent elite with such enormous wealth, power, and influence that even white folks have to genuflect. Two newly emergent groups, individuals of mixed-race heritage and communities of recent black immigrants that make us wonder what black is even supposed to mean. These four black Americas are increasingly distinct, separated by demography, geography, and psychology. They have different profiles, different mindsets, different hopes, fears, and dreams. There are times and places where we all still come back together, on the increasingly rare occasions when we feel lumped together, defined, and threatened solely on the basis of skin color, usually involving some high-profile instance of bald-faced discrimination or injustice, and in venues like urban or black-oriented radio, which...